Bill Moore, and welcome to episode six of the new Outriders podcast. I am your host, Talaland. With me, as always, are my co-hosts, Lady Roxanne. How are you, Roxy? I'm great. And Lord Lesser, how are you, how are you Les? I'm great. Thank you very much. You have something to say, Roxy? No, I just wanted to say, you know, how are you? I'm always the same. <laughs> In track. Just one monotone. Yes, that's just So it's been two weeks since we've met. Did you guys do anything fun over that time? I know Roxy watched a couple of football games. Oh, my God, yes. Yes, all I can say is roll tide on that topic. But I also got to do some Christmas stuff with uh, some cousins, and uh, I got to help some little girls make Christmas cookies, and that was that's always fun. Those two things are incongruous. Your your <laughs> rabid love of Alabama, Crimson Tide, but also making Christmas cookies for little girls, because I'm fairly certain if Georgia had won that game on Saturday, you wouldn't be here today. Well, you know, it was a great game. Um, they both played. I mean, it was it was really hard football. It was like smash mouth football. So, you know, if Georgia had won, I would have been upset, but it wouldn't have been the end of the world because they played a great game, you know. So our last show was right after the Guild Unity event. Um, have you guys gotten into game any time in the last couple of weeks? I know it's getting to be the holiday season, so everybody's busy. Um, have you found time to play anything? I've been playing mostly... Uh Mostly rips, actually, uh, particularly the last uh, week or so. Rox, how about you? Yeah, I've been, um, you know, rift. I've started playing rift uh, thanks to a generous gift from Tallow. Um, you know, he gave me the game, and it came with thirty days, so it's been great. I've been having a good time in there. I've also played a little DDO. Um, I've gotten into Star Wars. Um, Let's see. Oh, and of course, Skill Wars too. Uh, so I've been having a great time in between oh, shopping so and making the rounds. Yeah, I've been making the rounds. You know, the you? only game. Yeah, the only game I haven't played lately is um, Lord of the Rings Online. Uh, so I need to get in there and check up on everybody. You know. But, uh, yeah, it's been hard, you know, because you got to get Christmas gifts, you got to wrap them, you got to do your bacon, you got to mail stuff. So, you know, it's been busy. You've got scarves you're knitting, too, while all this is happening, right? Yes, yes. And I wanted to talk to you about that. Um, <laughs> I'm actually making a hat and a scarf, and I found the perfect yarn. Yeah. It's a royal blue color, and it's got silver in it. I mean, it's really pretty, so. Oh, um, I'll try to get those done by Friday and uh, send you some pictures so you can put it on the website. Wow, I was just kidding, but that's great, Rice. Yeah, I mean, it's really pretty. I, this yarn just, I was like, that's the yarn, you know. It's, you'll see. It'll be beautiful. All right, and then for my part, I have been playing mostly Warcraft. Uh, 5.1 came out on the 27th, and um been getting back into Star Wars and then most of my gaming time over the last couple of weeks has actually been single-player. I've been playing Saints Row the Third. Um, for anybody not familiar, Saints Row is like the Grand Theft Auto series, except way more irreverent. Um, it's just completely over the top. So it's been kind of fun not to not to socialize for a while, just turn my brain off and, you know, shoot people in the face. Uh, <laughs> 
every now and then you need that. I've been over-socialized the last month. I've been playing, you know, pretty much every Nora branch. I've made an appearance. So, yeah, I was getting a little... It's fun. Getting a little too friendly. I need to spend some time by myself. I hear you. Yeah. Well, I wanted to ask you, Tallow. You are talking about the um, patch in... Wow, you are going to talk about that tonight, right? Yes, I am. Perfect. Um, I'll probably talk about it. I'll probably talk about it more than anybody wants me to. (laughs) No, that's fine. All right, let's get back to what uh, Last was talking about, getting back into Rift. Um, Kind of surprising you posted in the, the High Council meeting yesterday that you have six or seven, like, really active players in Rift now. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I mean, it's certainly you are two of the, you and, and Roxanne are, are two of those. Um, but we also have Yulana and Lucido never never really quit playing. Uh, Mez is on every single day. Uh, Cor was just on recently. He had a that's work that he was doing out of town, so he'd been away for a while. But I, I, I just saw that he was on first thing this morning. So yeah, we've got about eight or nine players playing regularly on Rift. Oh. Um, yeah, I mean we're we're I mean we're doing. Not maybe not full groups quite yet, but we're you know we've been getting together. You know the the three of us were doing uh, instant adventures the other day, and uh, Rox and I have been doing some PvP from time to time. Mez and I um, did an afternoon of uh, instant adventures until I could you know hardly see straight. So that's been fun. Yeah, the instant adventure was something I hadn't done before, um, and as far as I can tell, the concept is pretty unique, at least across the games that Nor is active in now. Um, for anybody who's not familiar, basically you queue up for an instant adventure and it drops you into a zone. You're mentored so that the quests that you're doing, um, you'll have the same level as the quests or near the same level. So I was level 26 at the time, but it dropped me down to 14 to do the quests we were doing. And then you just move from quest to quest as a group. Uh, for most of it, we were a group of five. Eventually, towards the end, I think we got up to a group of eight or nine. Yeah. Um, just moving around through the zone, just kind of rolling over everything in the zone. Um, it was a very interesting concept. Um, I'd like to get to a higher level and hopefully see, see some higher level versions. Um, maybe there's a little more variety than there was at the low level ones. Um, that and I'm sort of... Your first 20 levels in Rift, if you're a Guardian, are all spent in Silverwood, and we did our um, instant adventure in Silverwood, and I'm sort of sick of that zone. Sure. Um, so, you know, I'd like to see the next one, because, yeah, that was that was a lot of fun, and I think it's it's really unique. It's a it's a really nice combination. It really kind of plays to Rift's, I guess, its essential selling point, which, is which of course, are the Rifts, you know, are, are these sort of massive ongoing uh, battles that occur really at any moment you can become involved or engaged in a, a raid size combat, you know, including, uh, you know, trash mobs and bosses and, and, and all of that stuff. And that's very familiar with, well, you know, to all of the people who've been playing Rift. But this is a nice sort of combination of, of that dynamic of, of sort of a ongoing uh, dynamic raid, or uh, I guess you'd call it, uh, combined with quests. I mean, you're just basically doing, you know, kill seven of these, kill 20 of those, gather these mushrooms, I mean, whatever it was, and it's just ongoing. You, you, you can stay in there as long as you want, and people come and go out of the group, and you can just do it until you're sick of doing it, and then stop. It's great for XP, and it's a lot of fun. Yeah, and if you're yeah, if you're not interested in the story of the game, you know you haven't you maybe already played through on one character. Um, it's a lot of experience 
fairly quickly doing that that instant adventure. Is it a lot of experience? You know, I, I've only done it on a couple of tunes, and I haven't really been paying close attention to what the XP was like. But it has. Been, was that your? It's faster than questing. Um, yeah. I was just barely 26 when we entered, and in the short time we did it, I got 80 percent of the next level. Well, and that was, and that I'll was say this too. Very fast. Yeah, it is really fast. But what's even faster than that is doing PvP. Um, you know, yeah. it's very similar to WoW, but uh, like Lass said, it's unique. I mean, a lot of people compare it to WoW, excuse me, um, but, um, you know, it has its uniqueness too. Um, it also doesn't have the negative uh, community like WoW tends to have. Well, it does some. I mean, who are we kidding? I mean, the well, yeah. yeah but I, I disagree with that. It's just that the community is smaller, so it's not as noticeable. It's you not. Think so? Well, it's not. For example, like I, I think, if outside of PvP, Rift is at least the server that we're on is kind of remarkably polite. Coming from yes. Warcraft directly into Rift, you know, it was it was a, a kind of a jarring experience because I was kind of steeled for this you know, wow type, you know, crossroads behavior. But once you get into PvP, those those differences really vanish. And there's just as many sniveling, petulant, you know, juvenile temper tantrum throwing morons as there are in Warcraft. Well yeah, but they're they're from different servers too. I mean we're on a role playing server. Well this is true. And, it, and it's refreshing to see people actually role playing. Well, and that's part of the downside of, you know, our WoW branch is not on a role-playing server, and role-playing servers, I think, across the board do tend to be slightly more mature and less vitriolic than your yeah. standard yeah. server, um, unless you're trolling them in general chat, um, then, you know, then you're asking for it, but your role-playing servers are, I don't know, I, I can't see a reason why Nor would form a branch on a non-role-playing server when the option is available. Well, and, you know, back in the olden days, I mean, role-playing was the big thing, you know, back in Euserbius. Because, you know, the game was, was you know, kind of lame, you know, even back then. But what really drew people was the community and the role-playing. And it's just refreshing to see that again, you know. I like to role-play. Uh, I just haven't had an opportunity to do it. You know what I mean? But I think playing Rift, I hope to get into that more. It goes on every day on on the server that we're on. People are actually role-playing kind of their entire characters all the time. Well, I I can tell you, if you start typing V into chat, you know, T-H-E-E, I'm going to drop right there. (laughs) No old English. (laughs) Why not? Let's bring that back. So... You know, you and Roxy are both playing Rift. I'm, I'm playing Rift somewhat. Core is playing Rift. Yulana um, yep. and Lysito are playing Rift. I think they were both officers at one point. Yeah, Baron. Um, and is is Mez evil in officer? Mez is a count, I believe. So, we, oh. that's a that's a ridiculously veteran group of people. And, and Colwyn actually have, is playing. Yeah, yeah. Colwyn. Yeah, that's a that's a ridiculously veteran group of people. Um, with all that experience, you know, hopefully soon in Rift we can start getting some recruits. Yes, indeed. Absolutely. As a matter of fact, I've got my eye on somebody as we speak. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, yeah. 
and I noticed on the forum you um, you started posting about dimensions. Uh, dimensions are the big new feature in the Storm Legion expansion, although you don't need the expansion to access them. Right. Um, can you explain a little bit about dimensions? Basically, dimensions are Rift's take on player housing. You have a um, you're given a key. Uh, your every every character has their own personal free dimension that they get sort of gratis from the game. Uh, it's rather small, but you uh, you're given a key. You, you click the key and you're brought to your dimension. And, and depending on which faction you're in, it's actually rather similar uh, either way. But you are um, you are able to purchase and you're even able to craft items specifically for your dimension. Tables, chairs, decorations, trees, rocks, I mean, you name it. Um, and you can embellish it really however you like. Um, some of the uh, some of the larger dimensions have gotten quite... In fact, we went to, did a little exploring over the weekend, wasn't it? And some people have gotten oh, yeah. quite... Uh, quite cunning, quite clever with their dimensions and made some pretty elaborate setups in there. Yeah, it uh, reminded me of, I don't know if anyone's familiar with Ultima Online, but um, you could you had, you had could get a building and people would take ordinary items and, and just create, like, furniture with it. You know what I mean? Beds or whatever. And you can kind of do this in uh, Rift's dimensions, too, because I made my bed out of a burlap burlap bag. Remember, Lass? <laughs> yes. It's very clever. Hey, you can actually, yeah. how are you, yeah, I will say that you can actually buy a bed, and, and it looks like a bed with, you know, sheets well, and pillows yeah. and all that. But when you're poor and you have no money. <laughs> I understand. Yeah. I, liked, I actually really liked the bed that Roxy made in her dimension. Did you? Right? It, it, was, it was an oversized potato sack. And the pillow was a bench. A bench yeah. sunk down like into a, the sack. Like, yeah, like yeah. a footstool sunk down <laughs> into the sack, so all you could see was the cushion. Yep. And that was, I thought that was actually really, really clever, because it looked like a fantasy RPG bed. It did look just like a bed. It was a okay. potato sack and a footstool. Thank you. And, and while we're on this topic, which I kind of brought up, um, the items that you get for your dimensions, you can make some, you can buy some, um, and you're given so many things when you get your dimension. But you can position them any way you want. Um, you can enlarge them or you can shrink them uh, to a certain point, uh, which is which is really cool. Um, so that gives you more options to do different things with those items. That's true. And you also have a, a number of, uh, you have a limit on the number of items you can have in your dimension. I believe the starting limit is 30 dimension items that you can have present in your dimension. You can actually purchase upgrades. Uh, I did for mine, uh, for like nine plat, you can get up to 45. And then the next step, which I checked, is 90 items for 29 platinum, uh, for the small yeah. dimension that I, that I have on Lazarian. Um, so did you get all of those items? I beg your pardon? Did you purchase the the expansions? I purchased your... the, up to 45 items from 30. Ah, okay. Right. Yeah. So you can you can fill your dimension with all of these items and you can also actually add permissions to your dimension. So you can allow you can invite people in, uh, your guildmates can visit, you know, you can make it public so that anybody can visit. Uh, and you can even uh, change the permissions so that your your friends can pick up objects or drop them or move them or do that sort of thing as well. 
And you can vote. Yes, if you can. like someone's yes. dimension, you can vote on it. So yes, so they can um, get ratings. So you can when you look right. at the dimensions that are available. I, I think we were looking at a couple that were up in the four hundreds, and one was in the two hundred little plus plus ones plus like symbols or whatever. Yes, yes, yeah. that's fun. That's fun. No, the big deal for me is the idea of the guild. I mean, the the, the personal dimensions are fun, but the guild dimensions are, are, are what I'm after. And the, the the starting guild dimension, which is a reasonably sized dimension, is a thousand platinum, uh, and it doesn't matter what level your guild is. Uh, but the the next step up is uh, is three thousand platinum, and that's for guild level fifteen. And that's that I posted about that on raising some money to to purchase that and also advancing our our guild level as well. Now on that larger one, um, is that the castle? Yeah, that's the Care Kulum or whatever we're looking at. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, it's it's really quite impressive, and we saw a couple different examples of it. Um, it's kind of hard to articulate, you know, how how much how customizable they are. But we saw when we were doing that tour, we saw a couple different examples of it. And one of them was, you know, fairly Spartan and sparse, and another one we went to had like. You know, big plants and trees everywhere. There were, like, vendor carts and, like, a library with a reading area. It was, like, a fully decked-out castle. It was quite yeah. impressive. People really spend some time in these. That one we went to with that long staircase was amazing. Yes, that was amazing. But kind of frustrating because, you know. <laughs> it's easy to, oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, that's how I roll, baby. <laughs> Now, I have a question about the dimensions themselves. Uh, the free one you get if you're a Guardian player is the Sanguine Shores, which is in Silverwood. But is the location where the dimension actually sits in Silverwood? Like, if yeah. you ran around Silverwood, you could find that spot? Yes, indeed. Uh, all of the dimensions, as near as I can tell, are locations where you can or have already visited in the game. So they've just they've carved a piece of the game out for you and put it in sort of a, an imaginary dome that you can't go beyond the borders of, uh, and that's your dimension. That's very nice. Um, keeps that connection to the game world. So that's yeah, that should be that should be fun. Um, it, it does. I, I you know one of the criticisms that I've I levied against it myself was that well this isn't much different than the the sort of the shared door concept where everybody's dimension you know, starts in the same damn door outside of a building and you end up having 6,000 people piled up on the outside. Um, first of all, you, you, you zone into this dimension. Uh, and second of all, the, the level of your ability to kind of customize it visually, I sort of feel like takes away any detraction that I had. When I first encountered it, I thought, well, this is okay, but it's not really that great. But then I started looking at other people's dimensions and with some of the kind of clever things that they were doing with it, and I started thinking, you know, this is this is kind of cool. Well, and it sort of breaks with the apartment concept because they are scattered throughout the world. Um, it's not just, you know, everybody piling up, you know, about around, around one door. I mean, they are all over the place. There's the Sanguine Shores, and then the, the Karakulum, the high-level one, is a completely different spot in the world. So sure. um, they do get around that a little bit. There are 6, 10, 14 player dimensions and yep. um, 5 guild dimensions. So, I mean, there's 19 yep. different dimensions out there, 19 spots in the world that you can sort of customize and make your own. There's some overlap with the player dimension and the and the guild dimensions. A little bit. Well, I have a question. Um, can you visit 
or I don't know if you know this last or not, but can you visit like um, one of the Defiance housing? As far as I know, yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. I'm pretty sure you can have both um, Guardians and Defiance in the same guild. You can. Yeah. So, yeah, they've... They did a lot of stuff, especially over the summer in Rift, to break down the lines between the two factions. They still have the cross-faction PvP, but now there's the the three-faction PvP. I don't know how that works at all. Um, and, yeah, you can guild and group with people across faction. So Yeah, and actually the, all the auction houses are now shared, so there isn't a, a faction-based auction house. And how that PvP works, Tyler, is, for example, on a number of PvP uh, matches that I've joined... I've actually been, you get the mercenary message, and I, I was actually playing for the Defiance with that, in that particular match. Oh, yeah, yeah, I've, yeah, I've got that too before last. And that's so when, they, when they're filling yeah. out their, their groups, they'll, they'll just put you on the other faction's side for the sake of that one match. Yeah, and it's not a, it's not, Rift isn't a, a good guys versus bad guys game. Each faction no, is working right. towards the same goal. They're just going about it in a different way. Yeah, it's like good guys versus good guys. Yes. Um, you know, the Alliance and Horde and WoW, they're two different factions going towards the same goal. Neither of them is really evil. Um, Star Wars is the only game out there with an actual evil faction. Yeah, the Republic side is, is pretty bad. I agree. It's just the writing. All right, that's it for Rift, um, at least Dimensions, as far as Dimensions goes. And you're doing quest nights in Rift on Wednesday nights. How have those been doing? Uh, we're actually, we've actually done pretty good. Um, the, the idea was just to try to advance the guild level. Um, once a week you can pick a guild quest, which is uh, typically it involves, you know, kind of a, a strenuous amount of things that you need to do. It you know, obviously requires a, a large number of people to fulfill the conditions of the quest. I would imagine a, a sizable guild could, could crack that out in a, just a matter of a day. Uh, just, you know, the eight, nine, ten of us that were playing Rift, uh, it's, it's taken quite a bit longer. But, yeah, the idea is just to get together and, and see if we can push that experience bar up a little bit. And uh, We did it um week before last. We had only a couple of Rifts to close left. Tallow, you and I did a, did a fair number that night. And we then, did about uh, 15. Yeah, and then I think the following day we wrapped it up. We got our 100 rifts closed, and we uh, actually picked up a level uh, shortly thereafter. Last on our current quest, are we still on the PvP one? Yeah, we, we're still on the PvP one. How close are we to, to finishing that one? Mm, not even halfway, I don't think. Really? Well, that's yeah. PvP. <laughs> hey, you know, yeah. I wanted to, before we get too far from the PvP topic, Rox had mentioned how it's a source of kind of staggering amounts of leveling. It really is, and I can't stress that enough. You can take uh, a number of daily quests, maybe daily, weekly, I could be mistaken, but either way, you can take these PvP-specific quests. When you are, when you fulfill the conditions of the quest, when you're victorious in a match, you get a a, a blue reward, or like a little, you know, a gear reward, some, some, something that's appropriate to your level and your class, usually. Uh, and you also get about 45,000 experience, which i got to tell you, when I first took the quest and first started doing the PvP, I assumed that was a typo. But uh, it's not. Um, I did five PvP matches, and I picked up two levels. Yeah, it's it's really amazing. Um, hey, Lass, um, 
does that experience carry on the further you or the more uh, levels you get? Uh, you know, I've kept doing it on one of my tunes, and I believe I'm down to 41,000 for the quest instead of 45,000 for the quest. Oh, my. So it would appear as though the experience is dropping, but it's so much experience, I'm not sure. I, I don't think that's – it's you're not going to, like, burn from 49 to 50 like that. But, you know, when you're level 25 or whatever the heck I was when I first started, I mean, it took me really just a few hours to get to level 30. See, and I'm yeah. I'm specifically avoiding those activities because I don't want to level too fast. Um, considering this is my my first character in the game, and I'm by level I'm halfway through the original content, um, even just by level twenty six out of fifty. But I'm still not entirely sure what's going on. Right. Um, I know that the zone I'm in right now is infested with werewolves and vampires and an evil old lady. And she's turned me into a werewolf, and I was oh God, very unhappy. I was very unhappy about that the other night. I sort of, I sort of rage quit. Um, but <laughs> I am, I think I am coming up on the end of that quest chain where I can go oh back. Oh you're still cursed, are you? Where yeah, I can I, go back into a town without, you know, accidentally attacking guards. They don't attack me, but I can't talk to the NPCs anymore. And if I click on them, I will open combat. Oh, I see. Right. Um, so. Oh my goodness. Yeah. It's, it was. If I knew it was going to happen, I probably would have been much happier with it and thought it was actually... I mean, it's well-written and it's funny, but I was yeah. not expecting that to happen. And it was, it's a cool quest. There's no getting around that, but it was, it was a pain in the ass. Yes, it was. Well, I have not done that quest line. I basically, I've basically been doing the instant adventures and the PvP, but I think... Um, with my mage character, I'm going to take her through all the quests, you know, because I, I don't know. This is probably not the politically correct thing to say, but I'm really not that interested in uh, questing. No, I'm with you. I hate questing. I don't know what political yeah. correctness has to do with that. Um, well, you know, I, I should be, yes, let's do the quest. i got to say, it's, it's a lot less painful on Rift for me than it was on Warcraft. It felt less like uh, sort of an interminable grind, although I am getting a little bit of that back on the new content, out on the new continent with, uh, with Laz, with my guy who's 50. He just hit 51 yesterday. So I am feeling a little grindy, but I think that's just maybe because I skipped a lot of the content between the when I stopped playing and the, the expansion. And see, the I quest because the story of what I'm doing is important to me. Even if all I'm going to do is queue for 50 PvP battlegrounds in a night, um, the story about what's going on is important to me. Whether that's because I used to be a writer or not, I don't know, but that's what keeps me in WoW at this point. Um, I love the story they have to tell. I can't really figure out what exactly is going on in Rift, but once I do, I'm sure I will like that one. So it's a lot of reading. That's why I you have to sort of sit down and, and you know commit to, to doing it. I mean, it's not like a, a quick synopsis. I mean, it's pretty involved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Taylor, since you were a writer and, and are a writer, um, and you're into the storyline, it seems like you'd be a perfect candidate for role-playing. I mean, role-playing isn't all about, you know, using old English and, and this and that. Yeah. I mean, I do, when I'm playing a game, I do a certain amount of role-playing. Not in my interactions with the other players, but in my interactions with the world. 
Um, my characters will not take actions in the game that I don't think that character should take based on the story they've progressed as thus that that far, um, which is part of the reason I'm actually enjoying the old Republic now that I'm going back to it and giving it an honest shake. Um, playing my Jedi Knight, there are options in there. You know, I usually take the puffed up, stick out my chest, I'm a superhero option, because <laughs> that one that one works with my ego. But there are other options in those conversations you can take, and some of them are more beneficial for, you know, certain party members. Um, like the Jedi Consular, your first, mm-hmm. your first, um, companion, Kaizen Fest, does not like when you, I want to say, it's not really help people, but it is. He thinks people should be self-sufficient. So if you take certain options, um, like there's a group of small children, um, at the waterworks on Coruscant, if you give them money to relocate, he looks down upon you, even though you just helped kids, because they should be working to be self-sufficient. Um, so even though it's right. it's not you know necessarily beneficial for my character because it hurts that relationship with my companion, that's the action I think my character would take. So that's how I play through the games, even if it's just quest content and WoW. I play through, I play through that way. It's never extended to my interactions with our characters. I don't chat in character and that kind of stuff. But I mean, there is a, there is an element of role playing in how I play. Well, first, I just want to say you are a superhero. And second, would you be willing to, you know, kind of stick your toe in the water of role-playing? I would, but not in Rift. Um, Okay. Not yet. I have to understand the story better, or I can't fit my character into it properly. Okay. Um, In Star Wars, I could do it. In in Guild Wars, I could probably do it. In WoW, I can definitely do it. But in Rift, I don't have the handle on the story yet that I would need to be able to do that. Well, I can't wait um, to see you in action, you know, because I want to get back into role-playing. Lass has done role-playing. Um, that's been part of our early tradition. So, Well, we have pictures of Lass role-playing on the forum. <laughs> <laughs> I, did, I was just doing some role-playing in, in Rift not just a couple of days ago, as a matter of fact. Is that with the Maybe Recruit? Yes. You were telling yes. me about? Oh, that's cool. Right. Yeah. Well, I'd like to meet them. So I maybe I say that hailing when you log in um, mm-hmm. is very role play ish. Uh, yes. I, I guess we have. Uh, yeah. I mean, we're so used to it, though. I, I doubt we anybody really even thinks about it. I like the hailing in in WoW. You know, where everybody kind of made up their own tagline. Oh sure. Oh, that was so much fun. Yeah, we had some good ones. Yeah. Okay, Dallas had some great ones. Yes. The Kong Dancer. He had some really good ones. Oh, my God. I miss that guy. Yeah, he was funny as hell. Yeah, and he was only in the guild a short time. I know. It's just a shame. You know? But he's one of those people that you're going to remember. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, now that uh, we've hijacked the Rift conversation. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I think it's, I think it's time for Roxy's World. Oh, is it time for my world? I think it is. All right. This is the the part of the show where we let Roxy take over (laughs) and see what happens. Yeah, well, you never know what's going to happen with me. No, don't set no timer. Okay, let me get my notes here. Because tonight we're going to talk about um, one of our oldest members, and that is Fuji. 
Uh, Spoogie told me that he started in the guild in 92, so he was there right after it started. Um, That's year one. Yeah, yeah. Um, He also has two kids that play in the guild, Um, LJ, or Ojiki, and um, his sister, who is named Sarah? Is that right? Sarah. Yep. Sarah. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they've been members since they were little kids, and they've really grown up before our eyes. Um, especially OJ. Uh, I can remember when OJ was, you know, gosh, when he was still a teenager. Sixteen. When we met yeah. Him. Yeah. And uh, like his dad, though he's you know mature. Um, you know, really got into Noor, still is into Noor, um, you know, and it's it's just weird to see him now because him and his lady have brought our youngest member of the guild into the world. So they've got a little baby, and uh, that makes her th- our third generation. I mean, she's a little young to be playing, but, you know, it won't be long <laughs> in, until she's with us. Um, and she is a beautiful baby, too. Well, I'm I'm pretty sure that Rollis had Zalus playing Dark Age of Camelot when he was seven, so it won't be that long. Oh, yeah, I believe he right. was about that age. Yeah, he was young. And actually, uh, Cor yeah. remembers OJ when he went under the name of Cobra in uh, Star Wars Galaxies. So I think yes. he was 12 or 13, I, I want to say. I'm not sure. Yeah. Yeah, so that's pretty amazing. Um, I've always looked up to Spoogie. Uh He's been through... A lot in his life, you know, he was in a major accident, which took him away from Noor for for a few years, um, you know. But he's he's doing okay now. And when he's not playing in any of our games, he's playing in his own band, Snack Cats. Have y'all had a chance to check that out? I have. Matter of fact, it was been a couple of years ago now that he first mentioned it to me, so I checked him out. Yeah. Yeah, his music is kind of bluesy, uh, with kind of a heavy rock sound to it. It's very soulful, um, you know, and I love his voice. He is the vocalist of the band, and he's also the bass player. Um, they have a really talented guitarist. Uh, I really enjoy listening to their music, um, you know, but they've been around for a while. Now, Raj, earlier, before we started recording, you had mentioned that um, I thought that the last album that they had released was, was a good four or five years ago now, but you're saying that there is, is it a new album that's out that I, I just haven't been paying attention or I missed it? You said it made it come out last year? Yeah, I don't think it's a new album. They're working on a new album, but um, the album, album that I'm referring to is self-titled. It was released, I think, in 2000. It might have been 2010, um, and it features, you know, such tracks as Landslide and Waterfall. It's just really nice music, uh, just to kick back and, you know, um, they have you know, more. Maybe are unaware of this. When we first when we first started discussing doing a podcast for just Warcraft, not for the whole guild like we're doing now, right. um, Spooch had said he. Uh, would be happy to let us use some of his music on our podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, of course, it took me forever 
to get the podcast together, and it was, it was actually you and um, Tallow. You know, when Tallow came aboard on the podcast, it just really took off. I just I didn't do it. Tallow did. Yeah, Tallow did it. Yeah. Don't blame me for this sinking ship. <laughs> Bad Tallow. Um, but seriously, yeah, he had offered to do it. Uh, we just haven't taken him up on it. But uh, perhaps I can get in touch with him and tell him we'd like to use it for this one. What do you think, Tallow? Or maybe we can feature it at the end of the podcast. Um, I, you know, I just found out about this recently. I don't know Spoogie as well as you guys do. So I haven't gotten a chance to listen to anything. But if he's willing to let us use it, I don't see why we couldn't have one of his tracks be our permanent intro. Well, I believe he actually wrote a song about NOR. So that was the one I wanted to use. Yeah, I don't see any reason why that couldn't be our permanent intro. Did you want to talk about the... Uh, you wanted to mention the, the plan for the uh, the podcast coming up, Tallow? Sure. Um, you know, now that Roxy started the subject, um, I think this came up because one of the, the podcast subjects we proposed early on was having uh, Spoogie, Ojiki, and Zara all on because they are... Um, the most visible Nor family. I mean, there are other families out there in Nor, but you know, they're they're the most visible. You know, OJ's been active for many years now. Zayer's been active in the guild for the last couple of years, and Spooji's been here since the beginning. So, um, you know, the, we will we will have them on as a group eventually. Um, we were hoping to have them on as a group tonight, but some unfortunate circumstances stopped that from happening. But you know, we will definitely have them on as a group in the future, and that's something that we're really looking forward to. I think we're going to have a great conversation. I do, too. As a matter of fact, I, I don't know if you got that update that I sent you, but I'm pretty sure that they are available for next week. Oh. Well, the next podcast, not the next week. Seven, yeah. 17th, yeah. yeah. I, had, I had not seen that, but now I have, so... That should be good. Um, everybody put that on your calendars. Absolutely. You know, they're just, you know, Spoogie and his kids are just great. And uh, I love seeing him in game and getting the opportunity to talk to him. Um, but you had mentioned that you've never heard their music, Tallow. And if you go on Amazon and look up Stat Cats, it will bring up um, – the album that they've released as well as individual singles and it's all mp3 so you can kind of sample it before you buy it um which i would urge everyone to do because they are very talented um you can find more information on them on their website it's www.stackcats and that's s-t-a-c-k-c-a-t-s dot com um, they have some pretty cool T-shirts you can purchase. They also have pictures of the band and a schedule of the band's upcoming gigs. Um, so I urge everyone to check out Spooge's band because it, they're great. In other news, in other world events, and this is very important if you follow the royal family in England, uh, Kate Middleton, Prince, oh my Williams, God. Prince William's lovely wife, is pregnant. Uh, this was announced through an official statement. Um, I've also found out through E! Online that she was admitted to King Edward VII 
Hospital in central London for acute morning sickness. So, you know, I hope she gets over that. That morning sickness, I know, is a terrible thing to have to go to go through when you're pregnant. Now, I, I do have to say, you know, yeah. I know that I know that you know, Princess Kate has a lot of fans here in the U.S. But 236 years ago, my ancestors fought a war against the British so that I don't have to care about the royal family anymore. Um, that holds true today well you know a lot of people are fascinated by royalty and I'm not really fascinated but you know I think she is really pretty and they look like you know the fairy book couple and um, you know so I think it's kind of interesting but regardless that is all I have for my little corner of the podcast um you know next time i'll bring you some more news of the world and our realms all right thank you roxy did you did you how long did that take last did you set your timer uh you know i didn't i'm sorry next time (laughs) next time um some news from the realms dungeons and dragons online nothing new from turbine on the game um i did have a free-to-play friday for ddo on the 30th just this past friday um Went to Sardusk Isle with Lakasha, Mumba, Rallis, and eventually Scourge. Uh, just the four of us. And uh, me. And, and Roxy. Roxy I was there for a short time. Roxy was there for a short time. Um, she was interrupted and had to go. I think she made cookies. No. No. You, you, were, you, you rage quit. Just admit it. <laughs> well... I don't know what to say about that. I would never rage quit, especially when I was with my, you know, Norbies. But we went to we went to Stardust Isle. Uh, first, it was you know, um, once we lost Roxy, we switched to our level six characters, and um, Rallis and I died repeatedly. Um, Lakasha and Mumba were having trouble picking up the slack after Rallis and I died. Um, Rallis and I are good at dying. And eventually Scourge logged in, and he came with us, and I have to say, the man is a walking cheat code. Um, everything, he's done, everything he's done with that character, the build he's made, it's just ridiculous the way he mows. We were on, you know, doing elite level quests. It's just ridiculous the way he mows through content. Um, wow. So after, after we were done, I got to talking with him. I unlocked enough favor in the game that I unlocked the, the draw race, uh, the Dark Elves, for... Uh, DDO. So I want that's the main nice. thing to accomplish. I was hoping to get that done during the the Guild Unity event, but I came just short. Um, so I finally knocked that out, and now I'm going to make a, a draw. And you know, basically after a bunch of begging, Scourge agreed that he's going to post his build for his Warrior Rogue um, on the forum. He hasn't done it yet, so I'm going to send him an angry email. But he's going to post his build for his Warrior Rogue on the forum and. Um, you're going to see what the height of so, thing is for DDO because I think you're going to have to cough up cash for that build. I'm not sure he's <laughs> going to be willing to publish that in the public domain, man. I mean, that's like yeah. trade secrets. It's yeah. it, it's impressive. Um, I mean, I know that he's he's good at the game. Obviously, he's been playing it for a number of years, and eventually, you know, you get good at the game. He's good at the game, but his build is just it's very impressive. Um, so wait a minute. So you're telling us that you're basically going to cheat off the cheat code? Is that what you're saying? Oh, hell yes. That's why it's called the cheat code. (laughs) Yeah. I wanted to unlock the draw to play a rogue in the first place. 
Um, he's got to build this mostly rogue two levels of warrior just for a couple of perks. Um, so why, you know, fumble through it myself like an idiot? Um, you've got limited character slots. You know, DDO free to play. You got limited character slots. The leveling in that game, you know, takes an actual investment. I don't want to screw it up from the beginning. So why not, you know, play from a place of strength? That makes sense to me. If you can get him to do it, I'm still not convinced he's going to be willing to give up his uh, secrets, though. You know. Well, Scourge and Tallow played in. Dark Age of Camelot. Well, that's right? right. That's right. This is an old. Uh, this is an old uh, DAOC brethren. Okay. Yeah. Yes, and in, in Dark Age of Camelot, I was the one that was tricked out and awesome. Nice. I, Although I don't remember there. You were there very early, and then yeah. After. Yeah, I don't know what happened, um, but I remember playing because we played with Sweet Pea and William G. And Scourge was there. Um, I remember Scourge and Halion. Um, it was very fun. But I didn't play under the name of Roxanne then. Because the name wasn't avail- available. Your name's too common. I know. I know. Because I have no imagination when I when I started playing online. <laughs> yeah. Because Nora's my first guild. Well, that, we know that's not true. Well, yeah, that's not true. I can make cookies. <laughs> I'm just saying. All right. Moving on from the Lord of the Rings Online. A um, couple updates. Riders of Rohan came out a month ago now. Um, update 9 coming out in December will feature three new dungeons. Um, dungeons did not launch with the expansion itself. And the next set of four dungeons will be in Update 10 in February, which will include... Um, the first raid content of the new expansion. Um, some long-time <clears throat> Lord of the Rings players are pretty miffed that the first raid content for the expansion is going to be that late. Um, I think they should just suck it up and deal with it. Yeah, I kind of agree with that. Because yeah, I mean, an expansion is a lot of content, and just to give that everything up front and have it all ready at once is just its sort of ridiculous. So, Well, um, you want to wait until it's ready. You don't want them to release something that's buggy or, you know, just yeah. doesn't work. And it's free to play. We say many things. It's, yeah, it's, it's free to free play. Know. The game, it's a pretty small, tight-knit group of community members. Um you can't expect giant content updates to come out as if somebody like Blizzard or BioWare was making them. Um, Turbine is not that kind of company anymore. They're a smaller, more focused company. So, you know, real realistically, it's just not an expectation people should have had. Absolutely. And I think Turbine, you mentioned, you know, they, they were a small, focused company. I think they're a really good gaming company. They're a... Uh I mean, the, the comments Tallow was mentioning was saying that he was mentioning a few of them earlier. They they were pretty vociferous. Some of the some of the remarks after the announcement were pretty pretty harsh. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. I think oh, that's I did want to mention. Range. I did want to mention the uh, the mounted combat again uh, for Lord of the Rings. I don't want to uh, go over this too much, but I feel like I might have short sold the last time I mentioned it. Apparently. Uh, there's quite a bit more to this than than I realized, and I, I again I, I haven't played it, and I, it'd be nice if we could maybe get Cat or somebody who was playing Lord of the Rings on here to, to walk us through it. But I, I guess my my revised understanding of this is that you actually you you get a war seed that's yours, and it's almost like a 
like an NPC companion, and it, it acquires levels, and you get different builds that you can, or different abilities that you can add to the Warsteed's uh, capabilities, including its speed and its strength and its stamina. And I, you know, I don't know what all the details are, but uh, there's, there's quite a bit more to it than, than I initially. It's not just like hopping on back of a of a roller coaster where you're sort of on a track and you really can't move. There's there's quite a bit more to it than that. Interesting. I wonder how that really affects combat. I mean, I bet it's a lot harder. I don't know. I mean, I do know that the, the Warsteeds are available for use only in certain areas, and I believe still for just for certain quests. But, again, it's like a vehicle or, or, or an NPC or companion or, or something along those lines where you can actually develop your Warsteed. And you can, you can also embellish it, I understand, with uh, custom appearances and dyes and all sorts of other things as well. So, and name it. So, I mean, I guess there's, it's not just some sort of static, like, roller coaster ride that you get on and you get off when the quest is over. Oh, so you name your steed, huh? I guess so. I, I could be wrong about that, but I, the, the reading I was doing a little bit earlier uh, just seemed to suggest that you could, you could name your steed. Wow, so I could go in combat on a mount named Pickle, huh? You could. <laughs> and color them all green if you wanted. No, it'd be pink. Of course. Of course. Such a girl. I'm a girl. <laughs> Star Wars The Old Republic. Uh, no game news. They just launched their free-to-play update. Um, Tundra reported at the High Council meeting that the branch has seen an uptick in activity since it went free-to-play. Uh, several returning members, including some who have resubscribed, and a couple new recruits. Um, so that's very good news for The Old Republic. Um, I am running a travel log on the forum for Star Wars The Old Republic. I'm questing through the game with my brother. I'm on a Jedi Knight, and he's on a Jedi Consular, and... Um, I'm just updating, you know, zone to zone, you know, what our quests were and what our impressions were of them in some of our, our conversations um, while we go through. My brother's very frustrated that the consular is all fairly, you know, boring and thoughtful, and my Jedi Knight is a puffed-up superhero from a 80s uh, Sunday, Saturday morning cartoon. I enjoyed the consular quest line. I thought it was okay. I, I preferred it to the, the Jedi Knight quest line. Well, I was talking to, I don't remember if it was Raveni or Burly Dog which is insulting to them both, um, that the consular, especially later, gets gets a lot better than it is at the beginning. But at the beginning, um, especially on the, the intro world Tython and on Coruscant, you didn't really do much for the consular quests. Um, the other quests in the game are obviously shared, but for the consular, most of it was go listen to somebody talk for five minutes, go somewhere else, listen to somebody talk for five minutes. There wasn't a whole lot of gameplay there. Whereas on the Jedi yeah. one, it was mow through 40 people and then kill a Sith at the end. Yeah, I don't remember it being <laughs> quite as dry as all of that. But you're right, the Jedi certainly was far more uh, perfunctory, at least. It was, you know, go out, kill these guys, and then kill that guy, and then you're done. Yes, and that's that's what I want to do. Well, tell us what level are y'all at? Um, we're now in the early 20s. We finished... Um, oh. Terrace. Uh, we finished Terrace, which was, it's a nice flashback to anybody that played the original Knights of the Old Republic, because that's where you start. Um, the story of Terrace in the Old Republic is, you know, it's 300 years later. Um, at the end of Terrace in Knights of the Old Republic, it gets bombarded by the Sith and basically destroyed. And in Star Wars the Old Republic, the, the Republic is rebuilding the planet, finally, after abandoning it for, for 300 years. So, um there are some threads and some quests there that we got to see <clears throat> the results of what we did, um, you know, eight years ago on the, the original Xbox game. 
So now we get on to Narshadal, which is a hut planet. Right. Well, you know, you're such a great writer. Um, I look forward to reading more about it. Other than, you know, one character biography I wrote back in Dark Age of Camelot, what have you actually read of mine? All your posts. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And your angry texts. Yes, angry texts. Uh, moving on to Guild Wars 2. Uh, makeovers are now available from the Gem Store. Um, this is something people have been asking for essentially since the game launched. If you don't like how your character looked when you rolled it, you can now fix it. Um, has, standard. has anyone actually done it? I plan on doing it the next time I log into Guild Wars, but between you know playing through Star Wars with my brother, playing Rift with you guys, I don't know when that will be. Ah. And I'm level far, I'm level 41 into Guild Wars 2, so I'm not I'm not giving up on that game. I'm halfway through. I'd like to see how it ends. Um, but yeah, it's going to be a while. The the fact that it doesn't have a monthly fee means that my investment in it day to day is very little. Gotcha. That's always nice. You buy a game, but you don't have to play, pay for it monthly. Yes. Um, that's yeah. why I play WoW the most, is because I pay for it every month, so I feel like I have to get my money's worth. <laughs> Um, Winter's Day, their December event, um, is coming up December 14th and it will run through January 3rd. Uh, the nights may be long and dark, but Tyrians of all races keep joy alive during the ancient holiday of Winter's Day. While each celebrates Winter's Day in their own unique way, children all over Tyria share a common love of one thing, toys. This year, the city of Lion's Arch will host the Sir and Toymaker Ticks, as well as special Winter's Day guests of honor. Um, before Ticks arrive in Lion's Arch, his massive airship... Toy Workshop, he'll visit every major city in Tyria to deliver Winter's Day toys and holiday cheer. So it is their their Christmas-themed event. Um, hopefully there aren't a giant horde of NPCs invading Lion's Arch again, because that just happened with the November event. Well, that sounds um, really nice, and I look forward to that. Their Halloween event was, was pretty cool, so yep. I'm sure this one will be too. Uh, follow the mantra of go big or go home. Yeah. <laughs> World of Warcraft patch 5.1 came out on the 27th, as we predicted two weeks ago on our last podcast. Man, we're smart. Um, also, the Battle.net World Championships were last weekend in China. Um, I'm going to talk about the Battle.net World Championships. I know a lot of people aren't really interested in esports, but what they do at the Battle.net World Championships is really interesting, and I've learned more about playing WoW properly from those than I have years of playing myself and trying to figure it out. Um, a couple things I want to talk about. They did a timed run of the two top Chinese raiding guilds each put together a five-man team to do challenge mode dungeons. Um, for anybody not familiar, challenge modes are a new feature in Mists of Pandaria where your item level is capped at the level of heroic dungeon gear. So no matter what raid gear, whatever you get, it gets scaled down to heroic dungeon gear. So everybody's on a level playing field. Um, Additionally, regular enemies in challenge mode dungeons hit at least twice as hard as they do in a heroic dungeon. Um, Any avoidable damage, like fire on the ground, you have to get out of, Roxy. Yes. If it's avoidable, it generally hits about four times harder than it does in it. Oh, my God. I wouldn't make it. If you I'm don't, just saying. You will die very quickly. Um, mm. Generally, bosses have twice as much health and hit harder. And beyond just, you know, enemies being buffed up, there are new mechanics and things to contend with. So two, cho- two 
top Chinese raiding guilds. These are the kind of guilds that go for world firsts for raid bosses and completions. Competed in three challenge mode dungeons um, to see who could finish with the fastest overall time. In the first challenge mode dungeons, both of these elite guilds wiped on the final boss. Wow. Wow. Well, there's there's a lot of people who talk about how WoW has gotten homogenized and easy. If you're trying for a gold medal score on a challenge mode dungeon, you have to be at the top of your game. It is extremely difficult. These two guilds both wiped on the final boss. Wow. That's amazing. Both fun to watch and a little heartbreaking. Um, Well, how did you watch it? The the, the Battle.net World Championship stream online. Um, Oh, um, beyond the, the the challenge modes, they also did uh, timed raid between the same the same two uh, Chinese guilds doing the Mogushan vaults, which was the intro raid for Mists of Pandaria, the first of three raids that came out with the with the boxed copy. Um, and then there was, of course, the Arena Championship. Um, the Arena Championship is something I follow every year. Um, I have been an Arena player in the past. Never quite good enough to get the title or amount at the end of a season, but um, I do enjoy the Arena, and there is no better way to learn your class in PvP than to watch the Arena Championships. Um, if you really watch what players are doing, you will learn how to play your class just phenomenally well, and the awareness these players have of what the enemy team is doing, what abilities they're using, what they're casting, what cooldowns they're popping, and what they have to manage themselves is really just staggering. And considering that in arena tournament play, you're not allowed to use any add-ons, it's even more impressive. They're doing this all with the default UI. Um, Wow. It's Esports are a weird thing. They don't get the respect of real sports, but the people who compete at these at the top world level, whether it be, you know... Or StarCraft II or League of Legends. These are elite gamers who make this their job. And, you know, that's not for everybody, but if it's a game you're interested in, you should at least follow it because it will make you better. Well, Tal, I have a question. Um, you talk about these championships um, and being able to watch them. Uh, what kind of prizes are offered? Are they offered by, like, Blizzard? Blizzard, and what are they? And sponsors. Generally, the prizes uh, for the Battle.net World Championships are money. Uh, um, League of Legends has got the biggest prize pool for regular esports gaming. Their big event at the end of the year, I believe the winning team takes home like $100,000 or something. Um, of League of Legends? Five on five. Um, multiplayer online battle arena. The yeah. team at the end of the year will take don't take home like hundred thousand dollars. Wow! Holy cow! We're playing the wrong game. <laughs> no, we're not. And, no, we, those guys, especially League of Legends, those guys play that game. That's a job. They play eight to ten hours a day. I mean, we'll never real jobs. But yeah, and maybe these esports aren't getting the respect they deserve or whatever. But these these some of these players are going to be you know like featured jet fighter and and space shuttle pilots. I some of them will go into very lucrative careers, um, and some of them will live in their mom's basement playing video games for the rest of their lives. Well, <laughs> <laughs> you go both ways. Um, getting back to WoW, patch five point one. Um, Came out two months and two days after Mists of Pandaria launched, which was the fastest turnaround on a patch um, since WoW started releasing expansions. 
um, because Blizzard split up content and raid patches into two separate items so that they could get content out faster without having to wait for the raids to be done. Um, 5.1 is probably the biggest story-based patch WoW has ever had. Uh, the intro quest um, is about the Alliance finally landing on Pandaria. Your group, when the expansion launched, is sort of an expeditionary force. You're a scouting troop trying to figure out what the heck is this new land that sort of popped up on our map. And now the Alliance army and the Horde army in, in earnest have landed on Pandaria. And sort of when you get there, the initial quest you run with either Varian Ren if you're Alliance or Garrosh Hellscream if you're Horde. And it actually, it's like playing through a skirmish in Warcraft. Um, Varian lands on the beach. You you clear out some trash, and he's like, "All right, I want a tower here." And you you'll send the dwarves over, and we need to mine there. It's like setting up. It's like setting up your 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 base in a game of Warcraft, and that continues in through the first scenario in the in the in the patch, um, especially if you're Alliance, where you sort of use you build up your base like you're playing a real time strategy game inside of an MMO. It's 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 incredibly fun and this is probably the biggest story based patch they've had in a long time. Um I'm not gonna give any spoilers here, but this patch moves the story forward forward to the point where the events of the boxed copy of Mists of Pandaria truly are the past now. Um it's moving forward with the Alliance Horde War. Um, a major, two major lore characters have taken grievous but not fatal injuries. Um, both sides now have high-level NPCs moving against Garrosh Hellscream. Um, it was announced at BlizzCon last year by Chris Metzen, uh, the, the story guy at Blizzard for all their franchises, that Garrosh Hellscream, Hellscream will be the final raid boss of the Mists of Pandaria expansion cycle for both factions. Um, the Alliance obviously wants to get him out of there because he's the leader of the Horde, and the Horde wants him to get out of there because they don't want him to be the leader of the Horde. Um, so, oh. one is huge. Uh, the big new features um, in terms of the game are item upgrades. This is something Blizzard's been talking about for a while. You can now use your Justice points, Honor points, Conquest points, and Valor points based on PvE or PvP content to upgrade your gear Um from whatever eye level it is now to be eight level eight eight item item levels higher. So if you've you know tricked out your character and you have, you keep earning these points and you have nothing to do with them, which is a position that any raider or serious player has found them in at some point, now you can use those points to upgrade your existing gear to be better. Oh, so it's the same gear. It's just got different stats on it. Is that what you're saying? Eight item levels. So awesome. It had 200 strength on it before, which is too low. It's just an example. You know, now it'll have 215. And you do that across 13 pieces of gear, and you're a significantly more powerful character. So, um, Right, right. That sounds really, really great. Um, because, as you said, a lot of writers and people, you know, they get the best gear, and there's nowhere else to go except wait for the next expansion. Yeah, like especially those hardcore progression players. You know, they get through all that content, and they're like, well, now what do I do? Well, you can right. make content even easier for the rest of your guild. Um, they've also added, you know, better rewards to scenarios. And then they added the, the Brawler's Guild, which is you versus a boss solo fights. Um, they happen in public. They're not like in your own little phased instance. You queue up for them, and that just determines the order of who fights. And... 
I was in the Brawler's Guild for one of the new daily quests in the new Alliance Hub. It took you there just to find an NPC to add to your, your base. And there was 50 or 60 people there, most of them just watching fights. And I've never, I've never been one where I could watch somebody like solo a boss and be like, wow, that's interesting. But this was actually really fun. I watched five or six fights. And you can see... You can see how they work and how you're going to tackle them when you get in there. Um, most of the bosses have, like, a channeled ability that takes, like, a second and a half to cast, where if you don't get out of the way, it's going to knock, like, half your health off. Um, rocks, wow. you do do so great because there'd be fire on the ground. <laughs> uh-huh. Well, yeah. Where is this at? If you're Alliance, it's in, it's actually in the Deep Run Tram on the side. Oh, yeah. Line. If you're Horde, I don't know, it's probably in the middle of the street. Those guys are evil. <laughs> street fighters. But, yeah, but the, the big thing with that is that it's gated. Um, to get, to be able to fight, anybody can go watch fights at the Brawler's Guild, but to be able to fight, you need an invitation, which you can get one of three ways. You can buy one from the Black Market Auction House, which was a new feature in Mists of Pandaria, that's not a player auction house, it's an NPC auction house, where you can find, like, old discontinued raid gear, like if you wanted the original... Oh, wow. Um, ...which they lost when they moved Naxx to Lich King, you can buy that gear off the Black Market Auction House. The problem with the Black Market Auction House is that every item on that starts at 10,000 gold and goes up from there. Holy cow. But that's still a great idea. Ten, ten of them are posted every day. Um, at first, you know, all the big guilds bought them all up with all their money, but now the price is coming down, and after a couple of weeks, you'll probably be able to find one for ten or 15,000 gold, which is not that big an investment in WoW at this point. Um, it's more than I have. That's because I spend my money ridiculously fast. Um, you can get invited from a player who already has an invitation. Every time they rank up in the guild, they can invite one more person to join them, and if they want, they can sell that invite on the regular auction house. They can give it away. Um, that's why most of the big guilds bought, you know, they pooled their money and bought the invites those first couple days on the black market auction house. As their players rank up, they're just inviting the rest of the guild to join them. Um, so if you know somebody who's in, they can get you an invite, or you can buy one on the regular auction house. Um, and then the third way is if you do the the daily quests in the Alliance Horde War um, that came with 5.1, certain enemy NPCs will drop invites. Um, the drop rate's pretty low, so you might, you, you know, it could be you could get one tomorrow, or you might not get one for two months. You know, it's that kind of thing. But the content is gated for a couple reasons. One, if they put too many people in there, the queues get too long, and it's not as fun. And two, because... Yeah, this is a philosophical thing that people can argue with and people cannot, but not every piece of content needs to be available to every player immediately when it's released. Um, well, it, yeah. It's aren't available to every player right when they're released. You have to earn your way into those. Um, and this is just something they felt that the way the feature worked and, you know, the way they developed it, um, to be public like it is, it doesn't need to be available to every player immediately when it's released. So it's something you're going to have to work to earn and get there, and then it's another fun piece of content for you. Well, I have to say, I hate farming for things, so I think I'd rather just buy it. That's probably the way I'm going to go. Um, or 
Funny. Or you can flirt with one of the uh, these raiding guilds and maybe get an invite then. Well, if you're female, you can just say so, and I'm sure yeah, one and picture of like your arm. They're <laughs> afraid of girls, so yes, that's taking up most of my gaming time. Um, I still love WoW. I know I'm in the minority of Nor at that point, but I still love it. No, WoW's got a lot to offer, and I think the next time I get in game, I'm going to go check that out, because I'd love to watch that and see what's going on. All right. Type a little message there. Um, Moving on to some future games, Elder Scrolls Online is still coming soon. Um, I posted the second bi-weekly Q&A with the developers. Um, this one had some more more cues to coming out between this and previous games in the Elder Scrolls series, so uh, check that out on the forum. And MechWarrior Online, um, they put out a new patch that allows you to customize your mechs. Uh, you can paint them last. You painted yours. What did you make? Uh, you're, you're, you've got a couple of channels you can pick, you know, just sections of your mech that you can, you can color. I, I colored mine blue and white. Awesome. Nice. So you get like three, three color choices that you can have, and they're, they're saying there's going to be various, uh, patterns that you can overlay or add color to as well, which I did not do. I just took the raw colors and, and threw them on there. So I put in yellow and have a Green Bay Packer mech. Mm-mm. Yes, you could. And they haven't implemented they have decals yet, which they're going to be doing as well, so you'll be able to put symbols and things uh, on your Mac. They did a couple more things other than that. They fixed a couple of bugs, uh, and I think they, uh, they they may have nerfed the LRMs a little bit. And I, I believe I have noticed a pretty dramatic drop in the XP I'm getting per match, so they may have done something like that as well. I tried looking it up, but I haven't had any success in finding anything definitive. Do you know when the game will be... Out of beta? I'm not a clue. I'm not even sure people are speculating about it. I don't think it's that close. No, I don't think so either. I think they're they're a ways off yet. They they haven't introduced the NPC factions yet, where you can join a faction. Um, they've only got the one game mode, which is basically team deathmatch. Um, and I know they had more game modes planned. Um, right now, I really think the purpose of the beta is to get the core combat finished and ready while they build the other content. Um, so I don't think it's I don't think it's particularly close. Yeah, they're but test driving all of their mech builds as well. So like every couple of weeks, months, they'll add a new mech available to a, a patch. So they've I think in the last last three patches I believe they've added at least one new mech. So I think they're they're taking those for a spin as well before they release. Well just to clarify though, even though it's a beta it's open beta, so anyone could go and make a profile and download the game and get in the game, right? Yes, anybody can sign up, get in there, play for free. Uh, you don't have to buy anything if you don't want to. I have, uh, just because it, it's more enjoyable. But, uh, yeah, you can get in there and, and get into a giant robot and shoot the crap out of stuff. I, I also put down a couple bucks. Um, I bought a, a medium mech. Um, I didn't want to be, you know, a frontline fighter right away, so I didn't go for a heavy or an assault. About a medium, good support mech for if somebody else is engaged in combat, I can kind of swing in and hopefully swing the tide of the battle. 
Um, so I put down a couple, just a couple bucks um, to get my own personal mech, and then you know if I need to in a, in a match every now and then I'll I'll use a, a free trial mech if I want to do like a heavier and assault. Yeah, I finally made the jump. I, I purchased my first assault mech. Well, and you've got um, a regular event planned, right, Lass? I do. Yeah, if I wanted to try doing a, right now you can only you can do eight man versus eight man pre made teams, um, but with four you could you can kind of do it. It's you, you, four players together. You can join a random match, and that will pair you with four other random players for your team, and then and very likely eight other random players on your opposing team. All right, so we lost we lost Roxy there. She had to go because we ran late tonight. Um, but we're moving on to Realm Events. Um, as always, Star Wars The Old Republic Weekly Endgame Nights are on Tuesdays. Um, I've been on the last couple Tuesdays. They run them. I believe that they had seven NOR members in their eight-person group last last time. And Oh, did they? Great. A possible um, future alliance was uh, the eighth person. Right. And I believe that for their next one scheduled for next Tuesday, they've already got seven NOR signups, and another possible alliance person is taking up the eighth spot. So That's great. Yeah, one more regular high-level player on Tuesdays, and NOR's got a full eight-person raid. Um, hey, you know, Ton has been telling me he's he's thrilled about that, but he's also a little reluctant only because it's such a great way to attract new members is to give them give somebody a spot in those operations, one or two people, and, and get to know people who are playing with them. I agree completely. Um, what would be the best is if we could get up to about 13 players. Uh, so we could run two of them and then puzzle sure. lots of both. But right, right. You know, who knows? Um, Rift, Guild, Quest Nights are on Wednesdays. Um, right, 9 o'clock. 9 o'clock. We're working on getting the Guild Quests done. The current one is PvP. And then yeah, we're struggling with that a little. That one's going kind of slowly, but after that is the next one probably going to be 100 Rifts again. Yeah, I would imagine something like that or, or a bunch of artifacts. Something will do something down and dirty easy. And seems much easier than the PvP one. Yeah, well, the PvP one, I, I, we were thinking it was just matches you needed to get involved in, which would have been very easy, but it's actually victories. So when you get down to that, it's just the luck of the draw. Yeah, that's yeah, that's tough. I mean, because at best, you really can hope for 50-50. Yeah, really, yeah. Uh, Guild Wars 2, Weekly Vista slash Crafting Nights are Thursdays. Dungeon Runs are Saturdays. WVWs are Sundays. Um, I did notice logging into TeamSpeak on Sunday night that, once again, 8, 9, 10, 11 people were logged in for the WVW night. So that could yeah. be a very popular event, um, even though the queuing mechanics in Guild Wars are a little asinine. Oh, they're absolutely dreadful. And i got to say, from uh, the, the limited experience I had, there were... Probably 15 of us on that night on in game, even if there were only six or seven of us on TeamSpeak. So even if you're only just the tip of the iceberg on TeamSpeak, it was big. Um, if they fixed the queuing mechanics a little, um, we could be dangerous. <laughs> uh, League of Legends. Uh, talk to Lord Jeffool. He's a big League of Legends player, and I know a couple other Nor members play. Uh, we're going to do a League of Legends day on Saturday, December 15th. Um, couple different play sessions we have scheduled are on the forum. I don't have the time zone yet, so I'm not going to list them here. He gave me the times, but not what time zone he was listing them for. So right. 
Um, I would normally just assume Eastern, but it seems when Nor people post things, it tends to be Pacific. Well, Yabu lives out on the West Coast, so I'm sure it's Pacific time, but yeah, you're going to want to check. So we'll do that Saturday, December 15th. Um, League of Legends is 5 on 5 multiplayer online battle arena. It's, it's like, it's like playing an RTS, except the minions control themselves and you just control the commander. Uh, five commanders versus five. You gotta destroy, destroy the other team's base. Uh, it's a very, very fun game, but it can be hard to get into because the community is very intimidating and demanding and set in their ways. So, uh, yeah. get some Nor members on. If we just have five, we can do five versus five bots. If we've got ten, we can do five on five all Nor. Um, if we've got a mix somewhere in between, we can fill in the gaps with bots. So, um, this should be a lot of fun. I'll hopefully learn a little bit about the game. Uh, Yavul posted recently some some deals for League of Legends, some deals and promotions they were running. So for something like four bucks, I now own seven champions in League of Legends. So I can actually use one of my own champions instead of having to rely on their uh, weekly rotating free-to-play selection. Of oh, that, yeah, that post makes a lot more sense now that you described how the game is played to me. Our... Something like 50 or 60 champions in the game um, that you can select to play, but only seven of them are free each week, and they rotate. You can buy or unlock any of them through through in-game experience or with cash. So I've got seven of my own. Um, one of them is actually the one I used for the tutorial match I played several months ago, so that's helpful. I actually know how that one plays, but they all played very differently. They serve different roles. Um... Each one serves a different role, which is good for a different lane on the map. Um, there's only one map of League of Legends. It really is like like a sport. Yeah. Um, so hopefully, Yavul can tell me what the heck I'm doing. <laughs> it plays a lot. Hopefully, he can help me out. So um, There's a lot to wade through if you're just coming in on your own. Yeah, okay. I uh, started talking about the next Guild Unity event on the forums. Uh, that one's currently looking like Star Wars The Old Republic, uh, the weekend of January 18th to the 20th. Um, that was Tundra's nomination. He's the Duke of that branch, obviously. It's free to play now. Yep. If anybody else has a different suggestion or has any comments on that, uh, make sure to join in the forum thread, because if we don't hear any dissension, then obviously it's going to be Star Wars, but if you feel it should be Lord of the Rings or EverQuest or whatever, you know, make your voice heard, state your case. Um, big guild, lots of people. Gotta yeah, and even if it's not the, the next one, uh, you know, plan ahead for the one after that. I, I honestly think that, that the more, the farther in advance we plan these things, uh, the, the bigger they'll, they'll snowball into. Yep, and I hope, I hope by the 18th I have a top level character in Star Wars so that. Ooh, yeah, I'd have to really bust my butt to get there. <laughs> well, I'm about. I mean, by level, I'm about halfway, but, you know, those last ones take longer than the first one. I think my guy's 30. I'd have to check. Yeah, so, you know, hopefully I have a top-level character or near it. Um, when it gets to it next summer, you know, I might like to participate in the Star Wars Weekly Raid Night if sure need for me. So um, I would like to get there, so eventually that'll happen. Um, but it's going to be slow since I play every game we have. <laughs> All right, and remember, you can add your events to NOR um, by posting them in the events forum, and those things will be transcribed onto the Google Calendar. Um, the active officers for the branches have permission to add to the Google Calendar, so you can add that to your iPhone, Windows Phone, 
Android phone um, instructions are on the forum, thanks to Duke Tundra. I believe that's it for tonight. Is that everything, Les? I think that's, that is everything. Man, if only Roxy could have stuck around for five more minutes. I know. Well, that's too bad. It's her loss. All right, uh, give me a Hail Nor and we will sign off. Hail Nor, brother. Hail Nor. <laughs>